There is no limit to your imagination. There is no limit to your creativity. There is no limit to human determination. You know, these are the things that we want to forge right now in this fire of everything that's going on. So we come out of it not bitter, but we come out better. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Yo, I am super pumped to share with you beekeepersnaturals.com. Now, if you heard episode 175 with founder and CEO Carly Stein, you know exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about are the highest quality bee products in the world from Beekeepers Naturals. Now, I've been using bee products for a long time. Back in the 90s, I was rocking like the bee pollen and and you know, using kind of gourmet honey over the years and things like that. But until that interview, honestly, I had no idea of the superpowers and the variety of different bee products. So not only do these guys make the cleanest, most organic, most potent bee products, they also have the widest variety of products. So whether it's propolis, which helps you with the immune system, um, soothing scratchy throats, it's really potent stuff, or the bee pollen, which is a superfood with vitamins and nutrients and gives you energy. It has amino acids and protein, whether it's the raw honey, the royal jelly. Uh, they even have a tonic for your brain. I mean, they have a lot of great products over there. So if you're not hip to the power of bee products as a superfood, I want to highly recommend that you get over to beekeepersnaturals.com. And honestly, if you want to just learn all about bees in the industry and how it's done and how it's done right for ecology and for the environment, definitely go back and listen to episode 175. It's a, it's a great episode and the founder Carly is just brilliant and she's running a really great operation over there. So I'm very happy to support them on the show. And uh, like all the stuff I always talk about, I use them every day. In fact, I use it too much because I run out of it. Like when I interviewed her, I was like, so I do like a couple tablespoons of the bee powered, which is the really potent one that combines all of the superfoods in the hive into one product. She's like, dude, the dose for that is half a teaspoon once a day. You're tripping. But, you know, I'm hardcore because uh, it just tastes delicious and it gives you like instant energy. So definitely get over to beekeepersnaturals.com. When you're there, if you enter the code lifestylist, that's one word, lifestylist, you'll save 15% off your order. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com, enter the code lifestylist. Our guest today is Jim Quick, and I think he'd be really proud of you because you remembered to tune in to this show, and he's a brain and memory expert. Today's episode is number 280. It's called No Brain Left Behind, Becoming Limitless with Jim Quick. Here's what we talk about in today's show. Limitless, upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, and unlock your exceptional life, which is Jim's fascinating new book. Now, we spent a lot of time breaking down his book. And normally, I don't really like to just sit there and talk about someone's book because the episode kind of, I don't know, it sounds commercial. It's like it's a, it's like an hour-long you know, infomercial to sell their book. 
And I love that people write books and I'm very proud of them and I want to support them. That's awesome. But I often want to ask questions that are a little bit out of the box. I think that's why many people like this show. It's spontaneous and not a sales pitch, hopefully. However, uh, his book is freaking awesome. And when he started to break stuff down, I kind of switched gears and was like, yo, let's roll with this. I mean, the stuff that Jim teaches in this episode is just absolutely life-changing. Now, I don't have notes on what he talked about. I only have notes on what my questions were that he answered. So I'm going to give you a couple bullet points of what we talk about. But just trust me, this episode, no pun intended, is going to blow your mind. But here's a couple of the points. How he's remaining positive in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, how we can break negative patterns and create positive ones when it comes to our thinking and our attitude, how to deal with our technology addiction and how devices actually ruin our ability to focus, something I've definitely noticed in my own life. Like if I wake up and start scrolling Instagram, my focus is shot for the day. So we talk a lot about like how to fix that. The four supervillains, hijacking your neural pathways, how to eliminate brain fog, why it's so hard to focus sometime. And spoiler alert, it has a lot to do with our devices and social media, self-limiting language and negative self-talk and how to stop it from interfering with your life and goals and some of the tools he uses to stay in the present moment. And uh, beyond that, he really lays out a framework for learning and improving brain function that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Before we get into that, I'd like to invite you to follow me on Instagram. You might not know this, but if you followed me at Luke Story, you could watch all of these interviews live in the moment. Every time I do a talk, anytime I'm uh, shooting videos on different biohacks, uh, even sometimes just sitting playing guitar or any interview I'm doing, basically everything I do that is in any way educational inspiring or entertaining, I live stream on Instagram. It's really the platform that I pay most attention to. It's also the one that for the time being seems to have the least amount of censorship, although I'm very nervous about that uh, at the time of this recording. So please follow me on Instagram at Luke Story. Uh, It's a great way to stay connected to all of the content that I'm putting out. And while we're at it, I'll give a shout out to Facebook even though there's many things about Facebook um, in terms of their censorship that I find highly repugnant. Uh, I do have an amazing Facebook group. It's called the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. We've got, I don't know, five, 6,000 people in there now. It's very robust, very active. And uh, I go in there sometimes and answer questions and you know just hang out and chat. I also take questions from the group and do solo shows where I answer them just a great place where you can meet like-minded people. So that's the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. And then again, my Instagram is at Luke Story. All right, enough about me and my social media. Let's get back to our guest, Jim Quick. As a kid, he was known as the boy with the broken brain. He had a childhood head injury at age five that left him struggling in school big time. And for a while, he even believed he could never be as good as other kids when it came to learning. Well, he proved their asses wrong, as you'll see in this interview. But as the years wore on, he undertook a journey to learn about his brain, why it was broken and what he could do to fix it. Now he helps people all over the world optimize their brain and learning abilities. And uh, man, this guy really does have an incredible brain. His body of knowledge is just absolutely insane. Like it's so fascinating sitting down and talking to someone like this. So 
I'm so excited to bring you this episode. I'm also extremely stoked to bring you next week's episode. It's called Peyote Powers and Desert Dreams with Oscar and Vivian. And I'll just let that sit there. Just trust me, you're going to want to hear that episode. I've also got a number of upcoming events. Uh, You can find those at lukestory.com forward slash events. Tons of speaking engagements. Jim and I talked about how they're all being sort of canceled or rescheduled. There's a bit of an upheaval at the moment, but uh, I do have a lot of great events speaking gigs, podcast recordings, et cetera, planned this year. And that's where you can find them. But for now, my friends, let's just go ahead and jump into the mind of Mr. Jim Quick. Jim Quick, back for uh, your second appearance on the Lifestylist podcast. It's really good to see you, dude. Luke, it's a, it's a real pleasure to be back. And thank you, everybody who's listening to this. I've been looking forward to this conversation about, about how we could all be limitless and in very uh, turbulent times. Me too. And for those listening to the podcast right now and not watching, although this will be also a YouTube video as always, uh, you're perfectly framed with your limitless t-shirt <laughs> and you've got two of your books in the background on your very abundant that. bookshelf. Like the only guy I've ever seen with a bookshelf more packed than that is Neil Strauss. He, yeah. he, he has a true like reading library. So you're, you're catching up. With <laughs> good company. Um, so let's just jump right into uh, talking about your book. Cause I'm sure that's what's most exciting. Limitless upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, unlock your exceptional life. What's the premise of the book generally? And then we'll get into some of the, the, the nuts and bolts of it a little further on, but I just want to kick it off with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, as I'm going through this, I want people to imagine we can make this interactive into like a little master class. I want you to think about Brilliant. one area of your life where you feel limited, where you feel like you're not making progress. Think about an area of your life where you're not advancing and you feel held back. Maybe it's in uh, you know your relationship. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in your income. Maybe it's in your health and wellness, your body or your business, your brand. You know, in the case of this book, it's about learning. So if you've ever felt bad, held back in your focus and your memory, your ability to process information, your ability to, to make good decisions and solve problems. Uh, Limitless is... Let me, well, let me first tell you what it's not. It's not about being perfect. Limitless, is, <laughs> <laughs> Limitless is about advancing and progressing beyond what you currently believe is possible. And at the heart of Limitless is a three-part model that I call the Limitless model. It's a framework for not only learning any subject or skill faster, it's a framework for unlocking human potential. Because initially, as you and I have had this conversation before about methodology, you know, on your, on your previous episode that I was on, we talked about speed reading, memory enhancement. And initially, this book was 100% when it was first written on methods. It was a textbook on how to learn languages, how to, how to build your business vocabulary, how to give a TED Talk from memory, how to uh, optimize your brain health, how to change your habits, how to speed read three times faster and understand you know, all that you read. But I realized that it's, a lot of people know what to do, but they don't do what they know. And I've been really bugged. This is my 20th year of teaching that not everybody gets the results, even if they know what to do, they're not doing it. You know, I'll teach them very simple ways of remembering names 
or easy methods to double their reading speed and focus. And yet people still don't do it. So the eternal question in this you know, performance space or personal self-help space is why, why is common sense not common practice? Like we know we should be working out. We know we should be journaling. We know we should be meditating. We know we should be eating the best foods ever. We know we should be prioritizing sleep and doing all this stuff, but few people do it. And so I built the model as the answer for that, the why people don't take knowledge and turn it into real power because all the podcasts, let's get real here, all the podcasts and coaching programs, uh, all the books in the world, none of it works unless we work. And what makes the difference that makes the difference of people who take an idea and they implement it and other people who procrastinate, they put things off, they feel like buying a book is just enough and they're you know, their book is their shelf, as you mentioned, is just full of books on, that are unread. And, and or even if they're read, they're unused. And it becomes shelf help, not self-help. Shelf help. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. buying a book is a different set of skills than, and than actually reading that book. Right? Just because you're great at buying a book at Barnes & Noble or on Amazon doesn't mean you're great at reading that book. And there's a difference. And I think the difference that makes a difference in people's lives are the people who are able to take that knowledge's potential power and turn into real power by applying it. So this is a three-part framework that will show you and explain to you why you're stuck in a box. And the box could be learning. It could be a label like I was labeled you know, broken with my traumatic brain injury as a child. When people see me on stages like you know, the events you and I attend and speak at together, they'll see me memorize 100 people's names in an audience or 100 words or 100 Which numbers. For anyone that's not seen that, especially, <laughs> I don't want to use limiting language, especially not in front of you because I know you'll call me on it, but watching you remember a hundred names in a live audience yeah. and it's obviously not fake because you know there's no way you could stage that um but it is spectacular yeah. especially for someone like me that historically in the past exactly in the past uh i have found remembering one name at a time challenging so anyway yeah and i would say that to address that i, I don't do it to impress people i really do this to express to them what's possible because the truth is we could do that all of us who are listening can do that and a lot more, regardless of her age or background. And I'll explain why career, education level, financial situation, gender, history, IQ. You know, we, we've learned more about the human brain in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years combined. That what we found is we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities, our own, our own potential. And the reason why we can't do it is we just weren't taught. If anything, we were taught a lie. And I call a lie a limited idea entertained. And in the book, I talk about seven lies under the mindsets uh, area that's holding us back around learning. Like genius is born, right? Or we use 10% of our brain or that intelligence is fixed. Like all these lies that somehow we picked up that keeps us in this trance. And this, this conversation you and I are having now, this book is about transcending. It's about ending the trance. This mass hypnosis. Transcending. Your word plays are... are <laughs> <laughs> it makes it memorable, right? We're yeah, ending I, the trance. I keep wanting yeah. to jump in. You know, the, Go ahead, yeah. The, the rhythm of, uh, of an online podcast recording is so much different than, than a live conversation because there's a time delay and the... I don't know. It's almost like the flow of emotional intelligence and subtle cues and nonverbal cues is so much harder when you're looking at a computer screen. But 
uh, there's something about your work. You really have a knack for those acronyms and those play on word uh, uh, statements that you make. I, I love those. There's like so many good ones in there. You're, you must have a really easy time tweeting because almost, <laughs> like, almost everything you say is like the perfect tweet. You know, that's you speak in tweets the most, you know. I want to go, go back to one thing though, Jim, on the, yeah. uh, and then we'll resume the rest of the book. Of course, of course. Interesting. But when you're talking about those books that haven't been read, I was, I had the impulse and I'm going to see how this works with my webcam here. See all my video equipment. Um, well, that bookshelf right there is a bookshelf. And I have many more books that I have read, but that bookshelf is, I would say, 90% unread. Um, and there's a couple of reasons I wanted. So remind me later, because you're yeah. good at remembering things, uh, why that might be the case. And I think your book is really well. But there's something that's really, I mean, part of it is because I interview a lot of people and they send me their books and I can't keep up, you know, so I'll right, get right. that. And you, but, and you get the meat of it from these conversations. Yeah, but there's, there's more to it than that, which is, it involves attention, but we'll get yeah. to that. But there's something that's really key that you're bringing up and that is the principle of application. Yes. When it comes to taking in knowledge, and this is, uh, I think, biblically could be said, faith without works is dead, right? Uh, information without application is just head knowledge, and it just sits there and uses up hard drive space. And this has been a really valuable lesson for me, primarily in early recovery when I first got sober uh, many moons ago. It was there were certain books that you were directed to read if you wanted to stay alive <laughs> and well. And uh, and it was always said that if you don't if you don't take those books and read every morning and actually apply what you're reading, spiritual books and whatnot apply what you're reading throughout your day, then your character will remain unchanged because you're not, you're not actually applying those spiritual principles that you're reading. Yeah. About. So that message to me comes so close to my heart and also being someone now that is in a position to inspire other people as you do. I get so many messages from people about, you know, for example, uh, in terms of the biohacking world, uh, which is not even my main thing, it's kind of a hobby, but now I've become somewhat known for it, which is funny. It's not really my my mission per se, but um, someone will say, well, I don't have the money for all these fancy things. What can I do? And there's, of course, a limiting belief in there that they can't afford it ever. And I point that out. But then the things that I point out will be like meditation, wake up and watch the sunrise every morning, do breath work. All the stuff that really works is mostly free. And mm -hmm. I find that people won't do it. They want the gadget, the supplement, the thing that they can't yeah. afford as an excuse to not change and not not get the desired results they're going for, which yeah. is you know, more peace in their life, vitality, whatever it might be. So I love that you're really creating a framework to teach people how to break out of that really bad habit of not applying the information you learn. Because as you said, the information's there. We're in the absolute information age. So there's no excuse for anyone not to be having the life they want. Yeah, we have unfeathered access to the world's information. We have more information at our fingertips than, than President Clinton had when he was you know, in, in office. So it's an exciting time. And um, going back to your point, I, I think that knowledge really is, again, potential power only becomes power when we, when we choose to utilize it and, and apply it. And um, everyone is looking for that pill. In fact, on the cover of the book, it has um, not... Uh, Will Smith's uh, quote is really awesome. It talks about uh, how Jim gets the maximum out of me as a human being. But it, it, the forward is by our friend, Dr. Mark Kyman. Oh, nice. And he wrote the forward. And, the, and, and part of his forward 
people think about Limitless. Some people think about Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro, that movie where yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he goes from zero to hero by taking this pill. The Modafinil movie. <laughs> exactly. It turns him into like this genius and he's able to focus and pick up languages and he gets super organized and he's able to write his book very fast and he has this a surge of motivation. Um, in the forward, Dr. Hyman says, there is no genius pill, but Jim Quick gives you the process for having your your best brain and your brightest future because there's a process, not a pill. Because everybody's right. looking, you're right, in the in different areas, they're looking for that pill that's going to fix everything in their right. life or that one device. And we know it's a series of things that you that, that you know when you stack them together, it creates something magical. And so I, I believe that this framework is the explanatory schema for why we are held back in a, in, a, in a box where we feel like we're contained. And also, it also allows us to liberate ourselves. And again, Limitless is it's about redrawing the borders and boundaries uh, around our life that got imprinted on us through expectations, through experience, through our environment. Because when we're born, you know, I when I remember when I was nine years old, because of my brain injury, a teacher in front of the whole class said, "That's the boy with the broken brain," and that label became my limit. And in what area do you feel like you put labels on yourself, or maybe people around you put labels, and you, and it puts you in that box? And so my my passion is helping people go through a process of unlimiting. It's a, it's just a word I coined years ago. Unlimiting, not unlimited. But unlimiting is the process of removing these limits that keep us from being, doing, having, sharing the things that we desire and we most deserve. And um, and so, yeah, let's go into the model and then we have a conversation around this. Cool. Okay. I want to ask you uh, one, one thing about that in terms of limiting. Uh, going back to the example I gave of somebody that sends in an email to my website or a direct message on social media and says, Hey, I, I want to improve my life. I hear all these things you talk about, but I can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, or in, in my case, and I've, I've been really working on ferreting out subconscious limitations that I have in terms of wealth and abundance, financial security, et cetera. And sure, uh, sure. how I'll notice that with myself is I will, I'll observe someone who is perhaps a peer or someone that I know that has much more wealth than I do, or I'll, you know, walk through my neighborhood. Sometimes I live in Laurel Canyon in, in LA and, you know, there's a lot of crappy houses in Laurel Canyon. <laughs> um, it's like a hodgepodge, but there's some really beautiful homes as well, depending on what street you're on. And I'll find myself every once in a while walking by a really cool house and I'll go, oh man, inside my mind, I go, oh God, that house is so dope. I, you know, I wish I could have a house like that. And then this little voice, this little demonic voice from who knows where I picked it up will come in and say something to the effect of Luke, that's for those people. Mm. Right? Like that's who are you kidding? Like you, uh, you got to have the one down the street that you have, which I'm very grateful for. You know, it's, right. it's fine, but you always are in expansion and growth and it's in the nature of us universally that we want more. We're just kind of wired that way. Right? So uh, I'm grateful for what I have, but I'll, I'll, I'll see that little voice in the same way, perhaps that that person that messaged me and said, you know, I can't afford this supplement or this biohack, the red light therapy, whatever it is. And it's it's actually not true that they can't afford it because they can on one plane of reality, right? Maybe not right in that moment, but it is possible for them to have the financial abundance with sure. which to buy whatever they want. It's out there. 
in the same way that it is completely possible for me to have the house, five houses up that I like better than mine. If it weren't for that thought subconsciously that now is becoming more conscious that says I can't. So what I'm observing is that person up the street that has the house that I want, probably the only difference between them and me is they don't believe that they can't have it. Right. So they found ways to make it happen. Because, you know... So I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you three reasons because okay. this, this, the model explains it perfectly. And so use this, let's use this as an example. Okay. You know, I, I can't afford X, this house, this juve light, this, whatever it happens to be. Um, and that could be one of the beliefs. And for that, for people that are something else's, it's their health, or I can't have a you know, great fulfilling relationship or start a business online or you know be able to 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 read a book a week whatever it happens to be let's let's think about that and hold that in our space and i'll just walk you through this process okay cool. so there's three forces that keep you limited in that box that are invisible and um and so when i say a box it's just it's a metaphor right it's a 3d box or a cage and the three dimensions are these three m's of the limitless model and so you're right. I alliterate everything. I use mnemonic devices and acronyms, and I have these kind of quickisms because they're easy to remember and they're easy to share with other people. That's why people retweet them and post them because they they're solid ideas, and you know, making them more memorable, you know, helps them to have this uh, this sticky effect, right? Okay. So the limitless model. I want you. Actually, if it's possible to take out a piece of paper, sure. um, and if you can't do it, uh, if you're listening right now, just imagine it in your mind. And if you can't imagine it, I want you to imagine you can imagine. I love it. <laughs> I've, I've and so we are going to uh, draw three circles, but they are three intersecting circles, like a Venn diagram. If you're familiar with a, a Venn diagram. It's uh, look like Mickey Mouse. Um, so here, actually. The difference, uh, actually, it's actually Mickey Mouse two ears and the face. So it's kind of like in a triangle format. So you have, um, and I'll go through. I'll go through it in you know in specifics. But basically, how's how's that? Perfect. Exactly that. Okay. And then, so you can show the people at home. And basically, let's talk about the the one in the top left. Now, these are the three M's to becoming limitless. And remember, this is if you want to remember names, read three times faster, uh, make more income, have greater influence, start that business, you know, deserve that house, whatever it is. These are the three M's that must be in place. And if you're missing one, you're likely to have a gap between where you are and where you want to be. So the first M is your mindset, which we're, we kind of delved into a little bit. Now, mindset, I am defining as the set of assumptions and attitudes we have about something. These are basically what we believe is possible, what we believe we are capable of, what we believe we deserve. So looking at that house five doors down, it's like, you know, do you believe it's possible? Do you believe you are capable of achieving that? Do you believe you even deserve that? And people could be thinking about this about that perfect mate. You know, or do you believe you're capable of meeting that person and having a relationship? Do you believe you deserve it? Do you believe you believe you believe that you you deserve to lose that weight or or live longer or have you know you know over or start that business? Do you really believe you're capable of being that online thought leader, influencer, 
whatever, because all behavior is belief driven, you know, because we are like thermostats. And when we set an unconscious temperature, we t- are, we tend to create the environment to match that temperature. Oh, that's and that so temperature good. is, is just like uh, that temperature could be a weight. Um, uh, 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 it could be your, your, you know, your body mass index. It could be your income, which, you, you know, it could be that kind of person that you feel that that house, whatever that is, but that, that, that are, are what we believe we always level up, you know, that the set point, whether it's our identity or it's our capability. So the first area is mindset. We can go deeper into that. In the book, I talk about seven lies, limited ideas entertained that are really BS. They are belief systems, right? That hold us back. And I've identified the seven fundamental ones since we've covered some of them. Intelligence is fixed. Genius is just born. If somebody is just born, they're born to have that house, right? As opposed to the op- the truth, which is genius is built. I'm not talking about IQ genius. I'm saying somebody who is excellent in their field, right? Or having a mate, you know, or a perfect and wonderful health or you know, relationship that 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 is built. That's that people aren't necessarily born. Now, get granted, we know when it comes to your intelligence, uh, your memory, one third of it is predetermined by genetics and biology, you know, but two thirds is in your is in your control. In a lot of stuff. Now, some people believe with epigenetics, we have a hundred percent control over you know how it, our genes express themselves. But we have more control than people think. So that's your mindset. Now, here's the thing: I could teach you in this book how to how to remember names and how to remember facts, figures, foreign languages, everything. But if your mindset is I'm too dumb, or your mindset is I'm too old, or your mindset is I'm you know. I'm slow, then you're not going to be able to take advantage of that method because all behavior is belief driven. You know, even our self talk when people come up to you saying, I can't afford it, people come to me saying, like, I'm, 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 I have a horrible memory. You know, I can never do this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too old. And I would say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. So many people are arguing for their limits. And if you argue for your limits, they're yours, right? And so that self-talk is so important, and we can address it here, that our brain is like a supercomputer, and our self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself, I can't afford that house, I can't afford that, I, I'm, I, I'm not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. If people truly understood how powerful their mind is, they wouldn't say, think, or feel something they didn't want to be true. And I'll say this again. If you truly understood how powerful you are, your mind especially is, you wouldn't say or think or maybe even feel something you didn't want to be true. Now, that's not to say you have one negative feeling, one negative thought, you know, self-talk, it ruins your life any more than eating that junk food is going to just ruin your whole life, right? Junk food is interesting, right? Because I don't see that as a, a thing. I see, there's like junk and there's food, but I don't know what junk. I don't know what junk food is. But you know, the idea though is, if you did it consistently, ate that junk food, then it would have an impact. But a lot of us have this consistent habit, habitual self-talk, like we're not enough, or we can never afford that, right? And so you want to be mindful of your self-talk and self-awareness is a starting point because you know, catch yourself. I'm not good at remembering names yet. Just add a little word there, like yet, you know, and then once you're aware of it, then you can begin to change it. So that that's that's the mindset part. That's, and, uh, that's really good because as as you're describing that mindset, I busted myself on 
quite a few of them. One of them that comes to mind that I, I caught myself saying a lot as I became aware of this was that I'm not a morning person. Ooh. And in fact, I just agreed to do an Instagram takeover for this company, Wanderlust. And I was really excited about it. And, uh, you know, because everyone's in quarantine right now. So everyone's live streaming. I'm going to do a takeover for them. And I sent him some copy for it and kind of my thoughts on an outline, what I was going to you know, offer. And I was really excited. Then they sent me an email and they said, cool. So here's the thing. Just log in at 8 a.m. And the flyer says 8 a.m. And I was like, excuse me, 8 a.m.? <laughs> you obviously <laughs> don't know me very well. I don't do anything except maybe meditate at 8 a.m. Um, and so I, I reached out to them and I said, is there any way to change it? And there's not. And then I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I said, dude, I don't, you know, what am I going to do? I'm not a morning person. I right. was like, ah, there it is. Yeah. So how, how many years have right. I been telling people I'm not a morning person? I'm not a morning person. And actually furthering that narrative and ingraining that to make myself tired in the morning and not actually able to do exactly. take exactly. over at 8 a.m. or whatever I might want to do. And that's and that's a perfect that's perfect evidence of the power of our own words, you know, that to have over our physiology. And so if you argue for your limits, then they're yours and you put yourself in trance. Remember, this this conversation is about transcending, ending that mass hypnosis. And some of it's coming from marketing, some of it's coming from media, but some of it's just coming from inside. And we can control that and stand guard to to our mind, especially more than ever now, right? With everything that's going on, there there is there is a there's a physical threat, you know, a pandemic, but also there's this virus of the mind. That is having, you know, all, all, it's really disempowering because chronic fear, anxiety, stress, I mean, what it does to the brain, it shrinks your brain. We know that chronic anxiety and stress shrinks your brain. We know uh, what it does to your immune system, how it makes you more susceptible to colds and flus and viruses. You know, there's a whole area of science called psycho neuro, uh, ne- neuroimmunology. You know the power of the mind over your immune system. So if you're under threat all the time, and just uh, just because this conversation is timely right now with everything that's going on, it's like you have a part of your brain called the reticular activating system (RAS) for short, and it determines what you let into your filter because you're not primarily your brain is a deletion device. And let me let me qualify that at any given time. There's a billion stimuli that we could be paying attention to, a billion things. So primarily, your brain's trying to delete it and keep it out because if it let everything in, we would be insane, right? It would be it'd be way, way too much overload. And so what comes in are the things that we care about, the things we focus on, the things we ask questions about. Like um, the, the example that I use in the book is years ago, my sister would send me postcards and photographs of a very specific kind of dog. It's a, a pug dog, specific breed, right? Smushy, smushy faces. Um, you could dress them up as ballerinas and they don't care. They're just very docile. And I was like, why is she sending me all these postcards, emails of these pug dogs? And I realized her birthday was coming up and she's quite a marketer, right? She's kind of planting the seed. And a funny thing happened, Luke. I started seeing pug dogs everywhere. I would be at the grocery store. Imagine me in Air One and the person in front of me okay. is carrying like a, a pug dog at the cashier. I'm jogging in my neighborhood and somebody I swear to you is walking six pug dogs. And my question for everybody who's listening is, where were these pug dogs before? Did they magically appear in the universe and in my neighborhood? No, of course not. They were always there, but they were outside of the billion. Those are part of the billion I was keeping out of my brain because it wasn't important until I started asking questions. 
then it became important. I started spotting them everywhere. But here's the thing about your mind when it comes to your mindset and why it's important to feed your mind positive, productive, peaceful things is that if you just focus on what's going on, and I'm not saying be ignorant and not be aware of what's going on in the world, right? But also understand how, how media works. That if it bleeds, it leads. That if it if you could die and you know and you need to find out at seven o'clock what the new news is, right? So I understand that. But what I what I don't understand is the indulgence where people are spending all their time wrapped up in this. Because here's what happens: your mind has an algorithm, much like social media. Have you ever been scrolling through like Facebook, Instagram, and if you're if you love cats? You start liking all the cat posts that you see in your friends' feeds. And then what happens? You start seeing more cat posts, right? Because there's an algorithm that, that's there. And same thing with your mind. There's an algorithm. If you just focus on all the fear and all the darkness in the world, that's all life starts feeding you. Your mind just starts processing that. And what happens is you don't have enough bandwidth to shine a light on what you could be grateful for. You can, you're missing out. You're deleting what the opportunity is or the possibility is. And that's the danger of really not standing guard to those doors of our mind, right? And also what other people say, their expectations, their opinions about you know who we believe that we are and what's possible. And so that that's mindset. Now that's, that, that's... Before you jump out of mindset, that's just, as you said, so timely right now with everything going on in the world, which I'm sure we'll be feeling the repercussions of by the time this comes out in a few weeks as well. Uh, but I've I've noticed over the years, especially going back to mornings, actually in the morning routine, that if I fall out of the discipline of doing my meditation, my gratitude work, uh, just really going within, the very first thing when I wake up, maybe you know, take a shower, just kind of wake up. But if I jump on Twitter and start looking at politics or current events, it will color my whole day, and I'll have a much yeah. crappier day. Then if I wake up and really get centered within myself, remember who I am, what my mission is, what my dharma is, like what my day is about. Uh, if I don't determine that, it will absolutely be determined by whatever inputs I give it. Isn't it, that crazy? Yeah, it's incredible to watch that happen. And you know, even knowing that for all of these years, sometimes I still uh, find myself lacking the discipline because it's just so tempting to get that dopamine hit or yeah, you know the the feeling of you know that sort of familiar feeling of anxiety that comes with checking in with the world or even getting on emails or text or whatever yeah. um, before I really am grounded in who I want to be that day and how I want to respond to whatever inputs come. And it's just, I just, of all times in the day, I think it's really important for us to remember that the morning really does set the tone yeah. for what direction your mind's going to go. It uh, It does. I, I have a video online. We, we covered this in our podcast three different times. One of the videos has... 9 million views, basically talking about what you already know. And what you're talking about is the benefits of not touching your phone the first half an hour or hour of the day, pre-input. Meaning that when you wake up, and I'll give you a, the science reason for it, is just when you wake up, you're in the, these very suggestible brainwave states, alpha and theta, you're in this relaxed state of awareness, and you are extremely suggestible. So if the first thing you do is pick up your phone and... Uh, what you're rewiring your brain to do is number one, to be distracted. And distraction is, is a muscle. Oh man, that's is, so true. That's so true. Is a muscle. It, it is a muscle, just like focus and presence is a muscle. Mindfulness is a muscle, but distraction is a muscle. And whatever we're doing on a regular basis, we're getting better at. 
And so you're training your brain in this relaxed state, very suggestible state to be very distracted because every like, share, comment, cat video, whatever, is that exactly what you said? It's a dopamine flood along the, the learning, motivation, on, uh, receptors of uh, systems of your, your, your nervous system, and it makes it addictive. So you're training yourself to be distracted and you wonder why later that day you can't focus in a meeting or you can't focus in class. Or when you're reading, you read something, you forget what you just read because you cannot focus because you're building your distraction muscles. But the second reason why you don't want to pick up your phone the first time in a right away in the morning is not only is it rewiring your brain for distraction, it's rewiring your brain to be reactive. Like you used a very powerful word, you know, use the word respond. Respond is very different than reacting to things. And so what do I mean by that? Just like you said, you could get a message, a voicemail message, a text message, a social media message, uh, you know, some kind of email or whatever, and it could color your whole day, right? It could put you in a bad mood and it hijacks your brain and automatically you're on the defense. You're fighting fires. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, this is what's going on with my, you know, my team or this or client or whatever. And then you're you're reacting, not properly responding. And we've all heard the phrase, if you want to win the day, you have to win that first hour of the day. You want to prime your mind. You know, we did a whole episode on the 10 things I do every morning. People just search gym quick morning routine. 10 things I do every morning just to jumpstart. It's different than Tim's and 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 Oprah's and every, mine just and the Tony's. It's mine focus on getting my brain. And one of the things that I, I don't do is is touch my phone the first half an hour of the day, you know, just for those reasons. I want to be present. Things that I do do though are things like brush my teeth. And people think like like you said, not only you know what the other excuse is, is not it just it's a lot of money or it takes a lot of time. Right. Yeah. I'll do that takes time. And like what I'd say, brush my teeth, you're like, what does that have to do, Jim, with my brain? I teach people how to brush their teeth with the opposite hand. And it's subtle, right? But what it does is neurologically, there's a brain body connection. We know that if someone has a stroke on their left side of their brain, that if there is paralysis that manifests, it'll happen on the opposite side of your body and then and vice versa. And it's not just the brain-body connection, there's a body-brain connection. And using certain parts of your body will actually stimulate new parts of your brain. We know jugglers, uh, studied done at Oxford University, have more, uh, create more white matter, right? Oh, so wow. as, your body, as your body moves, your brain grooves. There's a tweetable right there. I wonder, as your body moves, your brain grooves. I wonder if that's true of drummers. Have there been any studies? Yes. Very, very much so. The am- ambidextrous nature of, of drumming itself. It, it's always fascinated me that uh, a human being can actually do that or piano players. We find that there are better readers also, which is interesting. Um, you know, we have students, we have an online um, a month program on speed reading to triple people's reading speeds. We have, we have students in 195 countries. So we have a lot of data. We find that the best readers naturally, they, they tend to be left-handed they tend to be women um, and they tend to uh, play musical instrument, just like what you said, especially an instrument that requires both hands and because it stimulates both sides of the brain. And so it's very, very interesting. Um, and, but the reason brush your teeth with the opposite hand, first of all, it, it helps you know, create new connections, neuro, neuroplasticity on the other side of the brain. Number two, it forces, um, it's difficult. And I think it's important for us to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That I believe that if you just do the easy things in life, procrastinate, put things off. If you do the easy things in life, life is hard. But if you do the hard things in life, life becomes easier. 
right? If you do those hard things, if you work out, you do the ice baths, you do you do all the things that, that you know, the stuff that you do on your shows and on your socials, like, yeah. you know, they're difficult, but your life gets easier because you get stronger and better because of it. So brushing the teeth out sand is difficult a little bit and it just challenges yourself. It's in that, that, and that grit comes out when you need to go on stage or when you have to go into that meeting, you know, where you're a little nervous, you're doing, you're, comfortable doing uncomfortable things. But the real reason I have people brush their teeth with the opposite hand as one tip to start off your morning is it trains you to be present. It's the opposite of checking your phone. Or like most people, their mind is everywhere. They're distracted thinking about, you know, shiny objects, whatever. But when you're brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, it forces you to focus and be here be now. So it's a meditative mindfulness practice, brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, because you have to focus on doing it. So your mind is here as opposed to somewhere else where you're training your distraction muscles. So simple things like that, which doesn't take any time. right? Even in my morning routine, I take a cold shower or on Instagram, you see me every week doing like ice full-on five-minute ice baths or whatever. Yeah, I hate the cold. I hate it. Like I grew up in the Northeast, you know, right now I'm recording, you know, I'm in New York, you know, I don't like the cold, but I still do it because you're training your, besides the benefits of lowering inflammation, resetting my nervous system, great for your skin and everything else. It's, um, it's doing difficult things and challenging yourself. And that takes us to actually the second M, which is motivation. So the second circle to the right. I'm um, going to write this down for those watching. Mindset. And it's the second, in the, in the, you know, it's backwards, but you get the idea. Exactly. So, yeah, mindset is one, and motivation is a second thing. So, what keeps you in this box? I want everyone to think about that box about, oh, I can't get that house, or I can't get that significant other, or achieve that business, or whatever, right? Part of what can keep you there is in your mindset. Um, not believing it's possible, not believing you deserve it, you're capable of it. But also, if, if you, let's say you have an, uh, an infinite mindset, you have a limitless mindset, what could keep you from not getting it is lack of motivation. Right Now, here's the thing. When I say motivation, it's, it's a tainted word. Because some people, when, I, when you hear the word motivation, they think, oh, get excited at a seminar and jump on chairs, and the next day, nothing changes. You know, <laughs> They get excited in the moment, they call it motivation, but the evidence that somebody has motivation is they're taking action towards that goal, right? Doesn't matter what if they're not doing something, they're not motivated. So that that's that that's clear. Now, well, so so motivation isn't a feeling of enthusiasm. Motivation is actually executing something that you're motivated about. Exactly, and I'll give you the three step formula. This is. This is what I've found through, through not only all the research that I've done the past three decades, but this is 28 years of field testing, you know, top athletes and, and actors and, and founders and educators. And, 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 and genius leaves clues. That's just a belief that I have, that when somebody is amazing at something, there are clues to, to be able to create that. There's always a method behind what looks like magic. So when people even see me do these memory um, feats, there's a method. I show them exactly how to do it, right? So motivation, is, let's, do, let's take away two of the lies, limited idea entertained, right? The first one is that it's just getting excited, right? It's not about getting excited um, because that's not sustainable. You know, People have ex- uh, compared it to a warm bath. It's really nice and cozy, but then it cools off and you got to heat it up again and heat it up again. I'm not talking about getting hyped up. The other lie I would say is 
You don't have to enjoy that activity. People think in order to be motivated for something, they have to get a lot of joy and pleasure out of that activity. But you know, I, I just mentioned, I never miss a cold shower in the morning. Never. I never miss a or an ice bath. And I hate it. So I don't enjoy it, but I still do it. So here is an example. Um, this is the formula for sustainable motivation. Because in the movie, they take a pill, right? Bradley Cooper takes a pill and he, he has a surge of motivation. But after that pill wears off in 24 hours, he goes back down to you know, his level set, right? So I want sustainable motivation. And the formula for sustainable motivation and drive is this. P times E times S3. I mean, this really is three books in one. It's mindset, motivation, and then the final M. The motivation formula, the key, if you are not motivated, if you are procrastinating, if you are putting things off, if you just act sometimes when it's convenient and you're not consistent about it, one of these three things are missing. P times E times S3. The P stands for purpose. So okay. I, don't enjoy, uh, I don't enjoy cold showers. And, and I'm not saying don't bring the joy. You could choose to bring joy into it. But I'm just saying it's not a, a prerequisite for being motivated. I'm saying like... I was having this conversation the other day with Tom Bilyeu. He wakes up every morning very, very early, 4, 4 4.30 in the morning, and he works out. And you know, I was like, do you enjoy it? He was like, no, I hate working out. But he still he never misses a day. So you can't deny he's motivated. And so motivation is you don't have to enjoy it. But the P stands for purpose. Purpose are the reasons that you have for doing that action or activity. You have to have a clear reason. So you are... Give me an area of your life where you're just... You're, you have endless motivation. You know, you just do it. There's no like very rare exception. Do you not get some get this thing done? That's easy. Uh, doing interviews, interviews, right? Everything I do in my life that that would one could consider work, and I guess it's one of the ways I make a living. So it is work uh, as a vocation. But uh, interviews to me are just automatic, fun. I'm always motivated to do them. I always get them done. They're always great. Oh. Well, why now? What about it? Can I ask you why? Why do you think that is that that you just you have this sustainable motivation? What's your reason behind? What does it give you? What well, I'm it? gonna I'm gonna cheat, but it just came to mind because it's so true. Is the purpose? What's yeah. the purpose of doing these interviews? There's there's multiple purposes. Uh, the benefit, of course, that I derive from talking to fascinating people and connecting with people and um, using communication skills and getting better at that, and then also yes. the the end result of other people benefiting and being of service and contributing something to uh, society by doing the interviews and then sharing them. And that's perfect, Luke, because this is the perfect example of how, how this limitless model works. You, you, you have sustainable motivation. You don't have to force yourself to do it because it, you found your reasons. And with your reasons come results. Your reasons for learning, for connecting, for helping other people. You're so crystal clear. And even if someone can't articulate it, if they feel it in their heart, that's what counts is the feeling. Some people intellectually they can know with all the reasons they should read a book a week or something, but they don't feel the reasons. They don't feel the pleasure or they don't allow themselves to even feel the pain because pain can be very motivating also. Like, Who's counting on me? Like for somebody who... I, I know somebody recently who changed their diet big time in their way of life, big time, their amount of exercise, big time. 
because they had a triple bypass surgery. And their reason for changing wasn't the bypass. It was their daughter because they, they wanted to walk their daughter down the aisle. And that loss or the fear of loss, now all of a sudden, they don't have to motivate themselves to move every day to be able to, to eat right because they have their reason. It's so crystal clear. So the P in the formula is purpose. That you don't necessarily have to enjoy that thing, eating that food, or that green juice that maybe it tastes nasty or whatever, or that hydrogen or whatever. Maybe you don't like it, but you still do it because you have a reason for it. You're clear about it. Pain or pleasure, you feel it. The E in the equation, P times E times S3, the E stand. So what I coming back, how I came up with this formula is, you know, there's a lot of misinformation about motivation and drive and, and information that, that's functional, right? And so I was like, okay, if somebody has a reason, will they always 100% be motivated? And I was like, is there any case where, where they won't be motivated? And I was like, yes, they could be missing the E. The E stands for energy. Meaning somebody could have the purpose for working out, but if they didn't sleep for the past two nights, they're not going to be very motivated. They're not going to exercise because they lack the sleep. They lack the, the vitality to do that. So in the, in the book, in the section on, on motivation, I have a whole chapter on purpose, finding your life purpose, how it's different from your passion, how to be able to cultivate it and feel and motivate and create leverage in yourself. And there's this whole section, there's a whole chapter on energy. And these are really the 10 things that I cultivate to have unlimited vitality. Because energy, another myth, a lie, because I'm going through all the lies here, a limited idea entertained is that you have energy. Because we say it all the time, I don't have energy or I have lots of energy. You don't have energy, you do energy. You don't have focus, you do focus. You don't have motivation, you do motivation. You don't have creativity, you do creativity. And when you take a noun and you put it and turn it into a verb, it gives you your agency back because you get your power back because you know what to do. As opposed to hoping you wake up and like, oh, I hope I have creativity to make videos today. I hope I have focus today so I could write. I hope I, I'm, I have motivation so I could get these things done on my to-do list. That's the trance. We have to end that trance because we're... Putting ourselves in trance with the language we're using, saying the word have. These aren't things you have, they're things you do, right? And so when you turn it into a process or a practice or a routine, then it gives you your power. So I talk about the 10 keys for having unlimited energy, everything from the best brain foods to optimizing your sleep to you know reducing your stress to energy vampires, get all 10 stuff, <laughs> right? That's that's really good. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I wonder if you can guess what my very favorite herb in the entire world is. You think you can guess? Think about it for a second. What is Luke's favorite herb? What's the herb that he uses every day above all else? Well, I'm going to give you a hint. It's, uh, it's called coffee, folks. What's even cooler, though, is my friends over at Four Sigmatic now make a mushroom coffee that's got medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane and chaga. Chaga is the king of mushrooms, supports your immune system. It's got hella antioxidants. It's amazing. Now, these shrooms don't contain psilocybin, but they do help you think and be more creative, especially the lion's mane. It's my brain's best friend. It supports focus, productivity, and creativity during my busy days of recording and doing all the other shenanigans that I get up to. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, wait, this coffee has mushrooms in it. Isn't it gross? You're probably also thinking, wait, coffee's an herb? Yeah, it's an herb. It's not like the kind of herb you smoke. I know what you're thinking. Shrooms, herb. That's not where I'm going here, guys. I'm talking about clean living. I'm talking about being awake, being alert, and having energy. And that's why I love the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. You can get your grubby little hands on some of this by getting over to foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke. Just by going to that webpage, you're going to save 15% off your order. What's really cool though, I got his back up here about the Four Sigmatic coffee is it comes in easy to use packets that you can take anywhere. So you put them in your gym bag, your suitcase, your purse. I have these things kind of stashed all over my life in every suitcase, every bag, my uh, like my shaving kit that I travel with, even though I don't shave, obviously. Who needs to shave when you can drink this delicious coffee? No, I'm just kidding, but not really. But uh, I'd love for you to check it out. It's amazing coffee. It's organic, mold-free, all that good stuff. You can find it at foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. That's foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. Get your mushroom coffee over there. After doing 250 odd episodes about how to improve your health, one reoccurring theme keeps showing up when I talk to the health experts that I interview, and that is the effect on light on our body. So just like a whole food can be broken down into different vitamins and minerals, sunlight can actually be broken down into different colors. And just like the nutrients in whole food, each color of sunlight has its own effect on our bodies. And each color has its own unique properties and penetrates your body in different ways. So once absorbed into your body, light energy is converted into cellular energy. And this kicks off a series of metabolic events like the formation of new capillaries, elevated production of collagen, and the release of ATP. And red light therapy in particular has been approved by the FDA and its effectiveness has been studied throughout the world. So when it comes to doing the red light therapy, which is something I do just about every day, there's one device that I use and one device only because it's the best one I've found and it's called a Juve. If you want to check this out, head over to juve.com forward slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V, juve.com forward slash Luke. Once you get to that link, you're going to get a special bonus offer for them. And uh, you're going to learn everything there is to know about red light therapy. Not only do they sell these devices, they do a great job of educating you on exactly what they do and why you want to add this to your regimen. So get to juve.com forward slash Luke. And now back to the interview. I love that uh, that distinction, man. That's that's really good, you know, because I'm thinking about you know, you watch certain people. I'm thinking of a guy like uh, Tony Robbins or or Joe Dispenza. You know, two people that I've you know watched operate in their workshops, and especially Tony. I mean, he's such an obvious example. But you're going, how does this guy have the energy to do this right, for right. that long? And even even uh, I was at a recent retreat with Joe Dispenza, and then you know he's got a different vibe, but still, I mean. This guy's going for nine days yeah. at this retreat and we're getting up at four in the morning and doing like four and a half hour pineal gland meditations. And he's right there with everyone. Right, right, we're right. tired as hell. I mean, I can barely do it. And I'm, I'm, I probably lead, I'm going to guess on paper, a healthier lifestyle than Joe Dispenza probably based on hearing him talk. He drinks wine, he eats cheese, he lives his best life. He doesn't seem to care about biohacking right. and all this stuff. And 
he's kicking my ass, relatively speaking, right? And I've observed people like that. And it's like, well, where do they where do they get that energy from? They seem to have tapped into this endless resource. And I'm finding myself at times wondering how they do that. But when you frame it as not a noun, as but rather as a verb, that it's something that you're doing, not something you have to go and get and put in you, but it's something that yeah. you're you're also, uh, applying and exercising. Yeah. And also, okay, so they let me let's address that because I, I know both those gentlemen. You know, it's, first of all, they have their reasons, right? They're very clear on their mission. They're very clear sure. on their But also, the context also being on stage is, is their platform. Like right now, you mentioned you have another interview right after this. A lot of people could watch you and say, like, oh my goodness, how, 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 can, how can this guy interview so many people in, that, in just you know, a handful of days? Right. So everybody has their, their stage of, right. of, of life. And That's also, true. you can also get energy speaking from somebody who does 10 hour days, four days straight on my own events. Also, you, know, you also get a lot of energy from the audience, also, as, as well, that, that fuel you also. And so there's there are all kinds of ways. So, and, and that's one of them is one of the 10 keys to energy is that positive peer group that you're always around. Because, you know, again, you could want to, you can be motivated or have a purpose for reading a book a week or reading an hour a day. But if you just ate a lot of processed food and you're in a food coma, you're not going to be very motivated to read that book. So that's why energy is important. Or if you're spending time with a, someone who's close to who's an energy vampire, you know, some people are batteries included, but some people are batteries just are not included. <laughs> and they're just stealing your energy. And you're just oh. like, I'm not motivated to do anything right now because I'm just spending so much time. You know what I mean? But oh, being a room full of people who are enlightened, I mean, that, you know, thousands of people and we're all that, that we, we feed each other in our energy. So energy is number two. Then my mind goes, okay, P times E, you have purpose or clear reason, you feel it and you have unlimited energy. Do you 100% always act? Are you, is this, is this person always motivated? I'm doing this thought experiment and I'm thinking, no, I can find one more exception. If somebody has the purpose, right, and they have unlimited energy, what will keep them from doing something is something I call S3. They don't know the small, simple step. Because instead, in their mind is, oh, what are they motivated to do? They say they're motivated to, uh, to build the, the next multi-million dollar business or to have find you know, and develop their relationship with their soulmate, which they haven't met yet, right? Or have the perfect body. It's this, it's this huge thing. And in their mind, they're not motivated because it's either too big or it's too confusing. You know what I mean? Like they don't know yeah, where to start. So. And so that would keep somebody motivated, unmotivated, even if they had a reason to build that business or a reason to be in that relationship, a reason to have the perfect body, even if they have unlimited energy, they're not starting someplace. They're, they have something that's too ambiguous and too, too intimidating maybe or too confusing. And a confused mind will never do anything. All right. So a small, simple step would be an example is, uh, you know, not saying that you're going to read 45 minutes a day is like, I'm going to read one sentence because who's going to stop at one sentence? It's such a tiny, small step. You cannot fail. Right. And like my, our friend, uh, Dr. BJ Fogg, who I've interviewed a number of times, he's, he heads the research lab at Stanford University for behavioral uh, psychology. Um, and he's, he's a master of tiny habits. He was like, you know, flossing is good for you. It helps you live longer, but some people don't floss. And I don't know, man, they have to break it down in, into a tiny habit. 
what I call a small, simple step. Don't try to floss all your teeth. Floss one tooth, right? Because nobody's going to stop at one tooth, right? Don't try to say, I'm going to work out today. Maybe it's just, I'm going to get to the gym or I'm going to put on my running shoes, right? Such small, inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, too hard. So that's the motivation. And that, that keeps you in a box. If you could have the unlimited mindset, but you're not motivated because you lack purpose, you lack energy, you lack what to do first, it'll keep you in that box in your relationship or lack thereof, your health or lack thereof, your business or income lack thereof. Now, somebody could have unlim- like this limitless mindset and limitless motivation, but the third circle are the methods that you're using, the methodology. And again, this book used to be 100% just all on methodology, me telling people how to remember names, how to learn languages, how to speed read, how to be a great listener, how to think clear, how to uh, do things, teach your kids. But if it's exactly, exactly that. So it's the methodology, it's the methods. Because somebody could have a limitless mindset, they could have limitless motivation, but they could be practicing a method that is old or antiquated or just wrong. Like I remember a certain thought leader when like 20 plus years ago, I heard him say like, hey, every morning, have fruit juice every single morning. And I I remember being in college, I didn't have any money in college. And I would take the quarters and the change that I would scrape up and I would walk two miles to the grocery store, buy you know two pounds of or- organic oranges, come back and squeeze all that. It took all this time, took money I didn't have, and I would make. And then later on, the person recants and be like, "Don't drink fruit juice. Too much sugar. It's going to cr- candida and all this thing." But I did. I, I was I was motivated. I had the right mindset to be healthy, but I was using a, a poor method. Right, people could be motivated and have a mindset for business, but they could be using poor practices in advertising, right? Or in learning, I document all of like the old ways of learning, like ancient, just old repetition, right? That is not the best way of learning something, memorization. Like subvocalization is not the best way of reading. What I mean by that is, you ever notice when you read something, you read a book, and hope you know, you hear that voice inside your head. Hopefully, it's your own voice. It's not somebody else's voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a few people, a whole committee of people. Exactly. Yeah. The reason why it's a, it's a bad or antiquated method is because if you have to say all the words inside your head, you can only read as fast as you could speak. That means your reading speed is limited to your talking speed, not your thinking speed. That's why people could be listening to this right now at 2x or 3x because they could, they could think that fast, but they can't talk that fast. And Wait, so, so you're saying you can actually read without internally verbalizing the words? I didn't even know that was possible. That's the only and, way and, I've and ever that, read. And, that, and that's why, and, and that's why, <laughs> and, and no, no, but, but dissect this back into the limitless model. Okay. Like when you apply it, it's, yeah. we learn this method uh, of reading. How old was, a, how old were you the last time you took a class called reading? How old were you? Five or six, maybe? Exactly. So most people still read like a five or six year old. That subvocalization got there because first you had to read out loud because the teacher you had to the teacher needed to make sure you're speaking, uh, saying the words phonetically, reading phonetically, right? But later on, your teacher taught you to put this subvocal by saying read quietly to yourself or read silently to yourself, and that's where you took that external voice and you internalized it. And you said, in order for me to understand it, I have to hear it out loud or inside my mind. Now here's the lie. It's a limited idea entertained because 
is it absolutely true that you have to say all the words in order to understand the word? Like when you see a stop sign, nobody says stop in their mind, but they understand 100% what it means. 95% of the words in all our books, they're, they're, they're sight words. They're words you've seen thousands of times you don't have to pronounce. Because there's, because words are symbols. Like nobody, like just like punctuation marks are symbols. You don't say comma, plus, you know, you don't say uh, period, you know, question mark, exclamation mark. You don't say those things. We don't say and, there, the, because of this, that. Those are, those are filler words, right? And so we know that the fastest readers, what we do is when we train them is to reduce sub vocalization because you start seeing the words and the meaning as opposed to hearing because you know you don't have to hear it. But anyway, this is an example of an old antiquated method that Got we it. learned. And so we're just upgrading it in this book. Like here's how you should memorize today. Here's how you should read today. Here's like school. And there's five areas that we talk about, right? Focus, study, because you have to be able to concentrate. So we have a whole chapter on how to focus because there's no classes in on how to focus. You going to your kid and saying, hey, focus is like going to a kid say, hey, play the piano. And the kids never taught, doesn't know how to play the piano, never took a class, but they've never taken a class on focus. You tell this kid to study, they've never taken a class on studying, right? So focus, study, memory is the largest chapter in the book, speed reading, and then critical thinking skills. Do you realize that kids are tested, they have lower analytical abilities than previous generations because of technology. Because technology, number one, digital dementia, it's an outsource, you're outsourcing your memory to our devices. So we can't even remember a phone number anymore. Um, not that you want to memorize 200 phone numbers, but isn't it concerning we can't remember one or a PIN number or our phone call or a conversation we just had or what we we're going to say or someone's name. Memory is a muscle, right? And it's, you have to make that, keep that fit. But there's a new term in healthcare called digital dementia, a high reliance on technology to do the remembering for us. It's equivalent of if you took Lyft or Uber to go five blocks or you take the, the, escalator, the escalator or the elevator every single time instead of taking the stairs, there's a physical toll, there's atrophy, and there's atrophy here for not using our brains. Wow. Wow. So, that's, that's really interesting what you're saying about the critical thinking though. Is, and I'm going to sound like a, a crotchety old man now at 49 years old. But I definitely have noticed in the past, say, 11 years that I became a business owner and had employees and would hire people considerably younger than myself, that uh, I, I've been repeatedly shocked at the, their lack of ability to think critically. <laughs> And and usually when they would stumble on something, the answer to me, and this is my own laziness too, but I, I would always think you could have just looked that up online. <laughs> like right. the question that, you know, even the critical thinking to go somewhere for the answer right. seemed to be lacking oftentimes. And I, I wondered generationally, what the hell? Like no one my age, no one I know is that inept. Right. It's like these people were not intelligent or great people or talented and all those things. Otherwise, I never would have hired them. But it just repeatedly, my business partner and I would be like, what the hell is wrong with this generation? Whatever they... I don't know if they're millennials or maybe the one after that. And uh, right. you just <laughs> described the phenomenon that's very present. There are four technologically driven phenomenons that are creating health issues and, and productivity issues and peace of mind issues. Really simply, there's digital deluge. You know, information overload, information anxiety, which creates higher blood pressure, compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness, too much information. We're drowning information. 
and we're not taught how to swim today because the information information is way more than it was a generation ago, right? So that's why we teach speed reading study skills. The second one is digital deluge. After that is digital uh, distraction. We talked about the phones. We can't. How do you have focus? How do you get things done in a world full of app notifications, social media alerts, rings, dings, pings? I mean, it's just <laughs> our attention's everywhere, right? And so you know, that's why we teach focus, a whole chapter on focus. And then there's digital dementia, which we just talked about, where we're outsourcing our memory to our smart devices. That's why we train memory, a whole chapter on memory. And then finally, the last supervillain, you know, the fourth horseman of the apocalypse for you know, like our mental potential is really digital deduction. Digital deduction is where we're relying on technology to do the thinking for us. It's like GPS. It tells us where and when to turn. And we never have to v- develop those visual, spatial, you know, locational skills. Digital deduction is where you know, everything is recommended for us. And I love the convenience of all this. I love a convenience that I don't have to look up a number. I could just hit a button or say it or something like that. Or I could just hit in an address. And I love that convenience. But technology is convenient, but it could also cripple us if we just rely on it in totality. So digital deduction is where everything... I'm not talking about just fake news, where everything is spoon-fed for us. So we, so kids nowadays, and even as adults, we don't have to have critical thinking skills. We don't have to be able to rationalize. We don't have to be able to use analytical skills. And so that's why in the, in the book, we have a whole chapter on how to think. Because te- school teaches you what to learn and what to think but not how to learn and how to think. So how to make decisions, how to solve your own problems step by step. And so that's the in the methods section. So we have mindset, right? All three of them. This is a trip place. You have the mindset, you have the motivation, and you have the methods to be limitless. Now so here's... In the third circle here, uh, for those of you watching the video, you'll see my little Mickey Mouse head. The, the methodology is included within that. Is it the S3, the small... So, so small, simple step. I've still put in the motivation as the motivation chapter. Uh, okay. And so I, talk, I tell people how to take things and make them small, simple steps and have clarity. And then I go into flow states and habits because oh, cool. ultimately in flow states, it's in motivation because... When you're in flow, you're in that zone, you lose your sense of time and self and no, you know, very little effort. That's when it requires no motivation, right? But in order to get there, there are certain habits to help trigger that. That's in the area of motivation. But, but here, watch this. When you look at your Venn diagram, where mindset crosses over with motivation, that crossover is inspiration. And we, oh, all know, wow. we all know, I'm going to give you three I's. I just gave you three M's. So here are three I's. Where we all know that there are, are experts on mindset. There are books on mindset. And one of my favorite books, Dr. Carol Dweck, wrote a book called Mindset. Amazing book, right? And there are speakers and experts and books on motivation. Where they cross over, you have inspiration. You have inspirational speakers, inspirational quotes and movies, right? And that give you the right mindset and, and they, 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 they motivate you a little bit. So that, that's inspiration. Where mindset crosses over with methods, you have the second I, which is ideation. Mindset is in your mind. You know it's possible. You know what you deserve. And methods are in your mind. You know the process for achieving it. But it stays in your mind because you lack the motivation. So where mindset and methods cross over, you have ideation. And finally, where you have motivation cross over with methods... Where motivation, you have motivation, you have drive, purpose, energy, and you know what to do, you have the methods, you have implementation. 
That's the third eye, implementation. But you're still stuck in that box because you only implement to the point where you believe is possible or to the belief you deserve, right? You could have, be motivated to get in a great relationship. You could have taken relationship classes so you know the methods on how to, how to meet somebody and how to cultivate a good relationship uh, and have a great marriage. But if you don't believe it's possible, you're not going to get that result. And if you don't believe you deserve it, you're not going to get the result, right? So that mindset has to be there. Or you could have the mindset and know the methods, but you're not doing anything because you lack the motivation. So you're still, still stuck in the box. Or you could have the mindset and the motivation, right? That's there, but you don't know what to do, right? And you do use old things or you rely on just luck and you don't get the optimal performance because you're not, you're not doing all the things that you, you even talk about. Like a lot of the shows that I, that I listen of yours, whether they're in performance or biohacking, those are those methods. So this works all together and where all three circles come together is a fourth eye and that's integration. Oh, integration. Wow. This is so that, good, dude. That Congratulations. Is, thank this you. Is really this, cool. this, is, this is the limitless state. And so map over that house that you want or map... And because it becomes an explanatory schema. You look at that Venn diagram, the limitless model and saying, why don't I have that house yet? Is it my mindset? Is it my... my do I not feeling the purpose? Am I not having enough energy? Have I not broken it down to an actual step? And how the small steps relates to method. The method is the series of steps, right? The method is the actual process for, for doing something. But a small, simple step gets you momentum and moves you in the right direction so you can activate an actual method. So not only is it an explanatory schema where we feel stuck, I don't have that relationship. Why? Do I feel like I deserve it? Do I believe I'm... You know, is it impossible? Am I not motivated to get into that relationship? Or do I not know how to meet that person? Or how to go deeper with that person or communicate their love languages or whatever? Now, I map it over to learning because I think if there's one skill to master in the 21st century, the first and foremost skill is your ability to learn faster because it's a meta skill. Like metamorphosis or meta thinking, thinking about your thinking. Meta learning is learning how to learn. Because if you can learn how to learn, you can apply that towards management, you know, music, marketing, Mandarin, money, anything gets easier after that. That's like you being able to grant your own wish. And that's why the model is so strong. So what this is field tested, but the, it used to be again a methods book. And then I added the mindset and the motivation, and it's like three books in one, and it unlocks human potential. And it's an also not only can it explain why you are where you are, it could also be a model or framework to, re, to role model genius that if somebody is getting results you want, use this model and break it down by chapter saying, What's their mindset? What, is, what, are, what are their global beliefs they have around this thing? Right? You know, how, how do they look at it in terms of deserving this? Or maybe has, what is their reason or purpose? How are they cultivating sustainable energy? What are the small, simple steps they are taking you know, in their days? Or what's the method for them investing or, you know, or having that, you know, that body mass index or whatever it happens to be? You know, it becomes a, a learning model for, for everybody. You know, it's funny when, obviously, when uh, someone has a project, an online course, a book, a retreat that they want to promote, they'll kind of do the rounds of podcasts and things like that. And of course, as a host, I always want to oblige the guest and help promote whatever it is that they're that they're doing because you know they're spending time and they deserve to sell some books or whatever too. <laughs> but I have to say, usually for me, it's kind of like. 
I won't base the whole conversation on a book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, tell us about the book. And then I'm going to selfishly ask the questions that I already had in mind. Um, but this is like been an incredible, and I want to keep going. I'm not saying it's ending, but it's actually been a really incredible episode. And we have really stuck to the book. So yeah. I'm going to just really encourage people, go buy this freaking book. This is insane. Like, this is cool. I want the book. Please send me one. Uh, yeah, Luke, can I tell you what, what we did for people? This is so cool. Can I tell people? Can you can I tell yeah. people what we did? Yeah, this we created something very special at limitlessbook.com, and this I'm very proud of this because I my goal because I grew up with learning challenges. Right, I was labeled the boy with a broken brain. That label became my limit. Um, my caregiver growing up was my grandmother who passed away of Alzheimer's, and to go through my learning challenges and my traumatic brain injury while she was losing her memory. It just put me on a certain inflection point in terms of my, my mess became my message. So for 28 years straight, all I've done is focused on have, helping people have their better brain that they desire and that they deserve. My mission is no brain left behind. And this is my very first book in 28 years. And, um, and the reason why I put this out is because you know I could have delayed this book because of circumstances that are going on in the world. You know, in terms of where conferences being canceled, media being hijacked, I feel like this is such an important book because it gives you your power back. It reminds you of who you really are, right? It helps you to manage your mind, being focused and productive if you're working from home, learning from home, to be able to support your kids, support your team, to be able to, to have a grip over your attitude and, and have real methods to be able to adapt today where industries are just going away overnight. How do you learn faster and read and apply? So what we did is my goal for this book is it for it to be the most read book of 2020. Now it's not I'm not saying the best selling book about 2020, the most read, because we started this conversation where a lot of people buy books and they're still sitting on their shelf 90% unread. And how I'm going to help you to do this is when you get this book at limitlessbook.com today, I'm going to gift you a 10-day program to prime your brains. When the book arrives, you're going to read it faster. It's like a 10-day audio video course on Limitless. And the first days, I, I, I go through the model and draw it out for you in detail. And the second day, I tell, show you how to remove limiting beliefs that keep you from from achieving and finishing this book and saying you don't deserve it, you're not enough. And then tactically, I go through and show you how to energize your brain, how to find your purpose, and also how to find these small, simple steps to read faster, have better focus, and improve memory. What does that allow you to do? When the book arrives, all of a sudden, you're going to finish that book because you are equipped with skills to read faster, to remember what you read. But not only that, what I'm going to do for everybody is a live coaching. We're going to create a four-week book club on Limitless. So after everybody gets their book, we're going to get their four sections of the books, one intro section and one on each of the three M's. Is What I'm going to do is every single week, we're going to cover one of those sections. So we're all going to read it that week and then come together at the end of the week together like this. And I'm going to answer your burning questions. I'm going to show you how to memorize everything in that section. And more importantly, how to apply everything. In the, in the intro, in the mindset, in the motivation, and in the methodology. So that's what I mean about, oh, I want cool. this book to be... I want everyone who gets it not to let it sit on your shelf, but to actually read it. And then I'm going to include two bonus chapters, which sounds like a lot, but people are asking questions right now. Like, can I apply Limitless to my kids? And so we're adding a bonus chapter digitally 
limitless for children. It's great for educators. It's great for parents, anyone who has a child in your life. How to, because a lot of being limitless, limits are learned. I didn't, I wasn't born uh, with this idea I was broken. It was, imp- I learned that. And there's a process of unlearning it. But if you could get to a child early and teach them these speed reading, memory, you know, like a mindset ways, they have such a huge advantage. And then the second bonus chapter besides Limitless for Children is Limitless for Teams. If you have a team of two, three, four, or 400, and you want to create a learning organization, because not your number one asset is human capital. It's the biggest line item, payroll. And if you want to up-level your, your team and make them limitless in terms of they know it's possible, they have motivation because 80 or 80% of employees feel disengaged, right? And methodology, if you want to give them the best methods for being focused and, and being productive, then this is the bonus chapter. And you can get it all at limitlessbook.com. That's awesome, dude. We're yeah. going to definitely put that in the show notes. And I know your book, I think, is going to come out a bit, a couple of few weeks before this episode drops. Um, but we're definitely going to put all that in there. And it, it's sure. funny as you're describing the whole, you know, not only like writing the book, and I didn't realize it was your first book either. That's that's really wild. That, that is the comment I get all the yeah, time. That's funny. I was just I just assumed you had a bunch of books, but it's really interesting because I can hear the model that you must have used your own model in order to complete the book, like to conceptualize and actually execute the book and then figure out how to launch it in a way that's creative and useful to people. It's funny. Yeah. It's like you're obviously practicing what you preach and that whole thing. So that's... Yeah, that's the, I mean, I'm glad you're sensitive to that because that, that, that shows the level of expertise and acuity you have. This book is not just a book on accelerated learning. The way it's actually mapped out, it maps out in the beginning with a mind map of the hero's journey. And actually take people on a call to adventure, ask them if they're going to take the blue or the red pill. You know, and so they are Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, or, or they are Neo, or you know, and I become like their their Yoda or or, or Miyagi. And when hey, hey Jim, did you practice any uh this being your first book, and as someone who's obviously been teaching for 28 years uh with other mediums, how did you learn to actually write a book? Did you, you know, work with a writing coach or read books about writing books? Or you know, how did you learn to how yeah. to actually put it all together? All Because you have the knowledge, right? That's abundantly yeah. clear. How did you learn how to put it together in a logical way that someone wanted to publish and was going to make sense to people? Yeah. And I appreciate that. You know, I always... I have... Because I struggled for a decade and a half with my own learning challenges, I'm hyper aware of the distinctions that make something um, digestible and learnable and applicable. And so I reverse engineer like I do a presentation uh, on stage or if I'm doing a full day training, you know, I go from the outcome, what do I want to do with this team of 20? And then I go backwards and say, how can I organize this? Here's, here's a perfect example. That's a very, very, very short story. Um, years ago, I get a call on a Friday night and I don't recognize the number. So I pick up and he's like, you don't know me, but we have this mutual friend and I, I really need your help. He gave me your number. Please help me. I was like, you know, and the mutual friend was a very close friend. And I was like, what's the situation? He was like, I have a conference tomorrow in New York City and my speaker, my keynote speaker canceled. And I'm like, well, you know, I, yes, I am in New York City, but, um, you know, I usually book out six months in advance. I'm sorry. He was like, please, you, you have to help me. These people are really counting on me. And I was like, well, for the sake of just interest, what's the topic? And he tells me the topic. 
And I'm like, why are you calling me? I'm not in, I don't know anything about that. He was like, yes, but, but he wrote a book. I'm like, so, so what? And he was like, well, my friend, our mutual friend says you're, you're, you're a speed reader. I'm like, yes. So he was like, well, can you show up a little bit early and, and read this book? And, and give the, the keynote talk. And, and I was like, wow, this is, and I literally said, this is, this is, this is going to cost you. <laughs> I literally said that. And I show up at 10 o'clock, I read his book and around lunchtime, you know, right after lunch, I give the presentation and humbly, it was the highest rated talk of those three days. Um, and I don't think it's because, I mean, I haven't had a minute of public speaking training. It's not, um, something I just, uh, you know, I just, I'm so, I'm so on purpose when I'm on stage that all I care about is just getting, I'll do anything to help people, um, with what I used to be struggled with. And, um, but it was the highest rated talk, but it's, it, it was really skill development, right? I have this set of skills of, of reading, not just speed reading, but smart reading, you know, reading something, understanding it, uh, remembering it and also organizing it. And I also have a set of skills of how to teach it in a way that is enjoyable, that's interactive, that it really pushes it in deep and makes it personal for people. Even there's a whole chapter in the book that the opening chapter is like how to read this book and every other book. Like what book teaches you how to read the book from the beginning? So I, I teach people how to read it. And it's the same principles of how I wrote it. You know, because I wrote it in a way that it's going to help people to focus in it through the storytelling and through the questions that I ask throughout it. And there's, there's, there's different parts of it in terms of how it's reviewed and everything else like that. But I mapped it out from working from ending results. I want this person to be limitless. You know, when they come out of this book, I want help to help them transcend and transform who they are going in. Right now, we're cocooning, right? Right now, we're in this cocoon phase. And while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon, right? And right now, people are, are in solitude. They're socially distancing themselves. What a wonderful time to get clarity and self-reflection on your life. What a wonderful time to, to put into self-care, right? You know, in terms of not, not just uh, doing the practices of, of, of yoga and meditation, but also just self-care is just giving yourself permission to, to rest and not have to, do, not have to do everything. Maybe this is a big global reset for, for some people. And, and care for yourself through all the practices that we know, you know, maybe this is a wonderful time to contribute, you know, and add, you know, to donate, to be able to do things like this. You know, anybody could share on their Facebook, on their, you know, on their YouTube, you know, some message that the word that their community or somebody listening at home can, that really needs, right? So we can contribute. This is a wonderful time also is capabilities. I'm, now I just noticed these are four C's in a row. <laughs> Clarity, <laughs> care, contribution, but capability. What a wonderful time to up-level our skills right now. So as we're in this cocoon, you know, it's funny because the it's 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 the struggle the caterpillar has to do to push its way out of that cocoon that actually make that small hole when it pushes itself through it moves the fluids from its body into the wings that nourishes the wings that allow it to fly and right now i think we're in a certain metamorphosis right now you know globally and maybe not only in the environment but our internal environment and what about what a wonderful opportunity to check in with ourselves and get clarity on our life purpose, on what's most important to us in a relationship, you know, and our, and our behaviors aligned with those things. Anyway, buddy, I could talk to you forever about this. You, you didn't tell me that you also possess the power of 
uh, ESP because I, I literally, as you were kind of explaining your book writing process, I wanted to segue into how you're dealing with your mindset and emotional state <laughs> during this crisis. And then you went on to explain <laughs> it essentially, which is of course, you know, looking at, to put it very simply in, in, in an elementary way of the glass being half full. And that's, you know, the same thing I've been doing myself is I hired a writing coach. I'm going to be working. No, I'm not going to be. I am working on my first book uh, starting right now. And uh, it's, it's interesting because looking at the, the, the model here, the P times E times S3, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And that's inherently what my writing coach has been doing is helping to lay it out for me in that way, especially the the S3 part, <laughs> because that's yeah. the, the daunting of being a first time author. The daunting part is like, how do what? I have the idea, but it's exactly. it's so big. But uh, but in in my life, I've I've been just you know, I get up every day and I I drive up the hill and I watch the sunrise, which is a practice that I've been wanting to instill in my life for a long time, and I've been very spotty with it since I moved to this location because I have to get in the car. It's cold. It's dark. Whereas my last place where I lived, I could see the sunrise on the horizon because I was lower uh, in the city. And so I've been looking at all of the ways in which my life is actually improving as a result of this, you know, otherwise uh, catastrophic state of affairs. Right. And it, you know, so much of it really is in the perception. And that's not to negate, you know, people that are sick and dying and I've, the obvious economic repercussions of this situation, which we're going to no doubt see unfold um, in the coming weeks and months and possibly even years. But I think our ability really is in having license and authority over our own thinking and looking yeah. at it how we want to look at it. So I love the way you frame that in that, wow, this is actually a great opportunity that yeah. we can use to refine our focus. And that's exactly what I've been doing too. I'm Doing all sorts of things that have been on my to-do list for a really long time, and sort of I'm just chasing them and never really executing so many of those things that aren't—they're not urgent, but they're things that do need to get done. So yeah, I, I have this quote in the book that I'll just remind everybody again, just repetition, is that it's sort of a French philosopher that says life is the C between the B and the D. Life is the C between the B and the D. B is birth, D is death, C is choice. And life is a series of choices that we make at any given time. And we can always choose our mindset. We can always choose our level of motivation. We can always choose our methods. That we shouldn't be shrinking our dreams down to this current situation. We should be expanding our mindset, our motivation, and our methodology to be able to meet our destiny. The difficult times, they could... These difficult times, they could define us, they could diminish us, or they could develop us. We decide. I'm curious in terms of you being you know, poised with this great book and getting ready to launch and having all of your you know, 30 some odd speaking engagements that were booked. I had, I don't know, five or six myself that have been postponed. If not yeah. you know, canceled, we'll see. Um, how have you reconciled that with, you know, here you've been doing this work for 28 years, you have this body of knowledge and experience, yeah. you have a huge audience, you're ready to just crush it with the release of this book. Yeah. And a lot of the ways authors do that is by public speaking. Yeah. How have you dealt personally with the warm of yeah. the timing I mean, of this? Like what, how have you been able to turn around some of the, the existing facts to the contrary for your own, um, you know? No, I, I, I appreciate it. And, um, I appreciate you being sensitive to that. You know, this is a legacy work for me. 
and it's a, it's a you know I'm, I'm donating the, the my author proceeds from the pre-launch even to charity. We build schools everywhere from Guatemala to Kenya. You know we fund Alzheimer's research. These are things that I'm very passionate about. That I don't talk about a lot. Um, so you know I could have delayed this book into the fall, uh, which by a lot of people would recommend it. But my reason for putting it out now is I'm so purposeful. Just like when I'm going on stage or getting on, you know international flights, I do it because I'm on purpose. And I want to get this book out to people now because this will help people get their power back. When you gift this book to somebody else, it's reminding them of their own power. And how I pivoted on this is just the same way I teach in the in the book is that, again, the external, there's this external environment, but it's not about those resources. It's about our own internal resourcefulness and for me, I can't do anything about what's going on necessarily in the environment with over 20 plus conferences where I was keynoting, you know, canceling or postponing, you know, that that was a big platform for me to build awareness of this book and to, you know, get on this, you know, like to have it do really well. And maybe it'll take a hit and maybe not, you know, because I'm also not smart enough to know that, you know, people are home and they're reading right now. Right. You know, they're interested in personal development. They're looking for hope. They're looking for real help right now. Tangible. Everything in the book is very, very practical. It's not just get motivated. It's how to get motivated. It's not just get energy. It's how to have energy. It's not just about you know acknowledge your limiting beliefs. It's how to fix and un- 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 liberate yourself of it. That's how to speed read. How to do these things that are going to make you make you more valuable. So I would say that. My, th- my thought process, I teach a thinking process in the thinking chapter on how to pivot because I feel like the businesses and the brands and the individuals that will succeed are the ones that can learn the fastest and adapt the fastest and be quick to change. And so as soon as all those conferences got canceled, I had no you know, say in that. But you know, then you and I connected and it's like, hey, you know, this is something that you and I can control and we could add value to your, you know, the community of people who, who, who are on this path that we're, if you're watching this right now or listening to this right now, we're on the same path. You know, it comes in different forms, but we're on this adventure to realize and reveal our fullest potential, you know, and express and be able to do that. I believe the adventure we're on and that's documented in the book is this hero's journey. And you learn so you could earn, so you could return. You learn so you can earn, you get all the treasures, and then you return, you can be able to give back. And just like what you said, you said it so eloquently, you know, you don't have to force yourself to do these interviews. We do them all the time because it lights you up. That's your passion, right? It is that. And then your purpose is sharing it with others because you learn so you can personally earn, but then you want to return it to other people and share those ideas. That's the hero's journey. I mean, what did Neo do after he got his powers? He went back into the matrix got on that payphone and said he talked to the matrix basically said i'm going to show i'm going to show people here what you don't want them to see a world without limits a world where anything is possible he brought that treasure elixir back to you know to to the world and uh, just like you know dorothy you know glinda you know said you you've had the power the entire time you just had to learn it for yourself you know, she had those ruby red slippers as a metaphor to go home. And she brought that love, you know, and that adventure back to her family. And so we're all on this adventure together and we're not alone. And even if we're cocooning still at the time this comes out, you know, what a wonderful way to connect through podcasts, through community. You know, that would be the that would be the fifth C. Add, add, you know, on top of care and clarity and contribution and capabilities is is, is our ability to commune. 
you know, to check in with our neighbors, to be able to to connect online and and using the, the wonders of technology. But I think the ultimate technology is the human mind. And it doesn't come with an owner's manual. It is the only infinite resource on planet Earth is human potential. There is no limit to your imagination. There is no limit to your creativity. There is no limit to human determination. You know, these are the things that we want to forge right now in this fire of everything that's going on. So we come out of it not bitter, but we come out better. Damn. That was good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I challenge, can I challenge everyone to do something real quick? Yeah, go for it. I, I challenge everyone to take a screenshot of this episode. And I believe another tip to be able to learn anything faster is learn with the intention, have the intent of teaching somebody else. You know, I think, Luke, you're, you, I know you personally, we spend personal time together. You live your story. Like you literally live your story because the life you live are the lessons you teach. Nobody's perfect, right? But we teach the things we most want to learn and also be able to live. And, you know, I feel like if everyone could just take a screenshot of this episode and share one thing you got out of this conversation, like so you could teach, you know, your followers and your community, tag Luke, tag myself at Jim Quick, K W I K, and and share like your big aha or one thing that you got out of it or where you feel limited. Is it in your mindset, motivation, or or in your methodology, or what what area are you just kicking ass in? You know, like doing really well in. Share something like that, and and I will actually repost some of my favorites that, that I get tagged in myself. Me and, too. Um, and I'll actually send a, a signed copy of the book to 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 one person just randomly, just as a thank you uh, for for listening to this show, for supporting this show, and and know that. When we talk about cocooning, that, about that butterfly coming out, the metamorphosis, that life is kind of like that cocoon. That if you if if a, if a boy cut open that cocoon, that butterfly would not be able to fly because it never had to build the strength and the struggle. So if if life is like an egg or a cocoon, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. Great things begin on the inside. And if you're listening to this still, you have greatness inside of you. You have genius inside of you. And, um, and thank you for allowing us to talk about it and let some of that out. I want to call you every day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like getting all pumped up, man. This is great. Uh, Jim, tell me who three teachers or teachings uh, have been in your life that have influenced you because you've taught us so much today. I'm curious who you've learned from. You know, Who are some of your go-tos, the masters yeah. that you followed uh, throughout your path? Yeah. So, you know, I, I struggled till I was 18 years old. I had a first mentor that taught me the power of reading, that leaders are readers. He's the person's not famous. It was a, a really a stranger, the father of a friend of mine. I was ready to quit school with my learning difficulties when I was in a, a local state university that we could afford and I was failing out again. And I couldn't have, you know, so we took my friend was like, hey, let's get some perspective. Come home with me. And the father was pretty well off and he became my, my mentor. Asked me like questions like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you want to share? He made me make my first bullet uh, bucket list. He took me into his home, which full of books, like a library, you know, just like, like maybe Nick Neil's, maybe not like Neil's library, but it's a very big library. And he starts handing me these books and says, leaders are readers. I want you to read one book a week. And he got me, you know, very interested. So that, that, that was one. Um, my parents, I'll count collectively as two. Um, my, my, Typical immigrant story. My dad came here when he was 13. Um, 
he lost both of his parents when he was 13. So they were very, very young. You know, it's very impoverished third world country and uh, didn't speak the language. They came here to live with his aunt um, because they couldn't afford to feed him. I learned a lot from my, from my dad. We grew up um, in the back of a laundromat that my mother worked at. So they had many jobs. So I learned the power of discipline. I learned the power of you know, putting out quality to being kind to, to people. Um, and there, so there was a lot of love there. Um, we didn't have a lot of external resources, education, networks, money, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, I shaped my values there. So I, I hit the lottery there. Um, and then the, the third person that I would say, besides my first mentor and, my, and my, my parents, is I would say everyone. And I know that's a kind of a cop-out, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't learn something from somebody. I have this global belief that everybody has this different set of life experiences and I can learn something from everybody. And it keeps me very humble um, at the same time because whether it's a child, you know, and because everybody has different, you know, They've had different lives, and I'm always seeking that wisdom in, in others and honoring it. And um, you know, I'm always wondering what what I can learn from somebody to be able to pass it on. You know, much much like you, you know, it's just like the world can be our seminar or the world can be our podcast. And we can yeah. be learning all the time. I I often joke about my my guru, my spiritual teacher is is my housekeeper. <laughs> And she, <laughs> in what way? She is the happiest person I have ever met in my life. Period. Amazing. I mean, I only see her for you know a few hours a week or every couple of weeks or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, her name's Odelia. And when my girlfriend moved in, I said, "Tell me what you notice about Odelia." I'm not going to say anything. Just give me your take on her. You know, totally neutral and not giving away any clues. And uh, my girlfriend had the same thing. It's like. God, she's really happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. She figured it out. She cracked the code. And from my perception, I think, oh God, poor lady here. She's, you know, vacuuming and doing the laundry. God, what a what a crappy job. Or, you know, she must really hate her life. And she has mastered the art of having an attitude. Yeah. I've never really, I mean, there's a little bit of a language barrier. She speaks a bit of English. I speak a bit of Spanish. So, you know, we groove. But one of these days I'm gonna ask her, like, what's your secret? She yeah. must have a great relationship with God or something because I literally have never met anyone that's so kind and so happy. And yeah. every time she comes over, I go, Luke, look at that. Do that. Yeah. What he's doing, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's incredible. And, and some of the most influential people in my life have been people that aren't noteworthy at all. They're just mm -hmm. people I observe energetically. And I think, man, they've cracked the code. They get it. They get it. And they're not writing books about it. They're just a good yeah. person. They're yeah, just a good person. Yeah. They just exude positive energy. Like, hello, that's it. So yeah, the life we live are the lessons we teach for sure. Thank you. you. Know, those examples, people don't know any of the my my early mentor, my parents, or anything. But it's just we we have that ability. And there, and talk about butterflies. You know, there's a butterfly effect also. That you know, a butterfly flapping its wings in LA to create a tsunami of change across the globe because of complex systems and. I feel like you know we've it's been demonstrated with what's going on in the world from a negative standpoint how things are everything's connected, but there is this 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 a power where kindness could be that powerful as well and it could spread like that as well and kindness is free so we should be sprinkling that stuff everywhere. One of the lessons I, I gave a talk at on in the United Nations on the 50th anniversary of the astronauts landing on the moon. So it's me and a bunch of scientists and astronauts, right? And there's this one speaker talking about the overview effect. And the overview effect 
Um, he is uh, documenting how all of the majority of all these astronauts who have left Earth's atmosphere, at looking on the Earth, um, have this emotional, spiritual experience of oneness. Right, because when you're looking on it, oh, wow. you get this li- literal spiritual, emotional experience that you don't see borders, you don't see boundaries. Right, that we're literally all connected, and maybe what's going on in the world, you know, at the time of this recording, is proof that we're all connected, you know, and that, that we all touch upon each other. And it could be in a way that's, you know, potentially negative, or it potentially could be a huge ripple of kindness and love and compassion and learning and transformation. But ultimately, it comes back down to that choice. You know, life is a C between the B and the D. Awesome, dude. In closing, so we've got limitlessbook.com. Yes, sir. Uh, we've got uh, your Instagram at Jim Quick. Any other websites, your home site? Yeah, it's just um, all social media is at Jim Quick, K W I K, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, um, and my podcast. I'm very proud of our podcast. It's only uh, 15 minutes long. Uh, but they're they're short and it's like how to remember names, how to read faster, how to change your habits, what are the best brain foods? Um, you know, uh, how do you unleash the female brain? Like like, like fun conversations if you like what we talked about here, it just kind of goes deep into one topic. And you could get that at quickbrain.com, K-W-I-K brain.com. And there's a bunch of memory videos on how to remember names where I demonstrate and bring people on stage and 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 show people how to do these things. Or you can search a podcast app for my name. Jim Quick on any and any platform, but look, I want to I want to take a moment to really honor you. Um, like I just love watching you as a person and you as your as your brand and your reach grow the way it's growing. So I appreciate not only what you do but the manner you do it. And um, you know, sometimes at events we don't always get to. You know, we're always at the same event speaking or attending these these events. So this is wonderful time to to go deep. And when you have your book ready, come on my podcast. Thank you, sir. I will. And we'll we'll jam on it. I look forward to it. I will. Thanks so much, man. It's great to see you again. And, uh, you know, hang tight there in New York. Stay warm. And I look forward to seeing you again in person one of these days. Yes, very soon. There's one thing I really love, and that's when the guest truly delivers the promises that I make in the intro to their episode. And Jim Quick was no exception. I'm in awe at uh, Jim's ability to share complex ideas with simplicity. He's just a brilliant guy. And um, I'm just so uh, honored to have spent some time with him. And oddly enough, I was just kind of making the observation that even though our first conversation together was in person in New York City, as we talked about in the episode, I felt that this one was just so much deeper. I think everyone being cooped up and relegated to Zoom and Skype recordings and podcasts and such has uh, really made us all kind of pour our hearts into it. I know I've really focused on the production of the the remote interviews in a way that I hadn't previously. I'm kind of going back to my roots because I don't have many people that are willing to come over and sit down with me and it would be hard to hear someone through a mask and the microphone. So uh, here we are, but Jim just really over-delivered. And I think this is one that I'm going to have to go back and listen to a couple times myself, which I don't do a lot of anymore because I just put out so many shows. Honestly, I can't even keep up with them. And after three and a half, almost four years, I just get sick of hearing myself talk, believe it or not. It might be surprising because sometimes, uh, you know, you might have observed that I talk at great length. 
However, uh, this one, man, there was just so many value bombs dropped uh, that it's like he wrecked this place in the most positive sense. So, Jim, if you ever hear this outro, man, thank you so much. You're such a beautiful human being and you work so hard to contribute to the world. And I know that not only I appreciate you, but the audience does as well. Speaking of appreciation, I appreciate our sponsors, man, because if they didn't give me money to pay my team over at Crate Media and all the people that keep this thing going, I wouldn't be able to do it. And I don't know what I'd do. I, I don't even think I'm qualified to do much else except talk, uh, perhaps write a bit. So I'm so grateful to our sponsors like Beekeepers Naturals. You can find them at beekeepersnaturals.com. The code there's Lifestylist, and that gets you 15% off. These guys make some fantastic bee products. And uh, if you haven't heard the news, bee products are really good for you. And they're also really good for your brain, especially their little, uh, what's it called? It's like this little nootropic vial they have with, uh, it's got ginkgo in it and royal jelly. I forget what it's called offhand. Maybe I need one right now so that I can remember it, but uh, they are just fantastic. That's beekeepersnaturals.com. Uh, then we've got, now I'm like, I'm getting like memory shame because I'm like, wait, shit, if Jim listens to this and he hears me that I couldn't remember the name of that bee product. Oh, that's hilarious. It's funny um, to make silly observations about your own mind as it's happening. Anyway, back to the sponsors, Juve, J-O-O-V-V.com, juve.com forward slash Luke. Just today, I was up in my Zen Den uh, where I meditate and do all things biohacking, um, doing a juve session. I'm standing on my vibe plate, just vibrating, stretching, listening to uh, a podcast. Actually, no, I was listening to an audiobook, a uh, Ryan Holiday audiobook. By the way, I'd like I'd like to get uh, Ryan Holiday on the show. So if anyone knows him, um, you know, get something in his ear, tell him, man, you should go do the Lifestyles podcast. A great writer, really great guy. And he made my Juve session even more awesome. So I can't give you Ryan Holiday, but I can help you find a Juve at juve.com forward slash Luke. And then our friends over at Four Sigmatic, you can find them at foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. Enter the code Lifestylist and save 15% off Four Sigmatic's amazing medicinal mushroom and coffee products. They are fantastic. They truly are. And you can find all that stuff. If you don't want to remember all those links, just go to lukestory.com forward slash store. You'll find all the discount codes and all that stuff. And uh, also at lukestory.com, my mothership website, uh, we've got you know one main page for the podcast. And if you click on each individual episode, you'll find links to the complete transcripts too. So every word spoken, including the word I'm speaking right now, will be transcribed and turned into a written document, which makes it really easy to archive information and follow up on things that pique your interest. So I'm really excited to be increasing the production value of the show and just adding everything I can to make it the most useful, valuable content possible. So thank you so much for supporting our sponsors and um, in so doing, supporting the uh, quality of the show and my ability to aggregate and collect information and present it to you, which is my favorite thing to do. I'm obsessed with learning. And once I learn it, I'm obsessed with sharing it. And that's not possible without you. Otherwise, I'd just be in an echo chamber. And with that, my friends, I want to thank you so much for listening. 
to this here episode. And I can't wait to be back in your ears next Tuesday.